It is an old joke, but it has endured for a reason. The key protagonist is usually cast as a peevish professor or lemon-sucking economist or querulous philosopher who has had it pointed out to them that the idea they are loftily dismissing is, when actually applied to real life, entirely efficacious. It may well work fine in practice, goes the retorted punchline, but does it work in theory? This is, more or less, the position into which El Salvadorian fans of proper legal procedure, the presumption of innocence, habeas corpus, recourse to an attorney, a fair trial, that kind of thing, have been forced. Over the last year or so, El Salvador's government has been conducting an absolutely rigorous crackdown on the pestilential gangs which have long plagued the country. It would be tempting to say that El Salvador is taking no prisoners, were it not for the fact that El Salvador is taking plenty. More than 75,000 people have been rounded up, equivalent to maybe 7% of all Salvadorian males aged between 14 and 29. Many have been subsequently banged up in a new maximum security prison, one of the world's largest, the Terrorism Confinement Centre in Tecoluca, capacity 40,000 or so. Salvadorian authorities have cheerfully released photographs of ranks of inmates shorn of their hair and relieved of all clothing bar white shorts chained together in sardined huddles on concrete floors. In the last week, thousands of soldiers have been deployed to seal off the region of Cabanas with a view to scooping up still further suspects. At around the same time, El Salvador's parliament passed a law which will enable those apprehended to be tried en masse, up to 900 at a time. The crackdown is a signature project of El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele, who has been unabashed about the lack of niceties which have been observed as it has proceeded. Police have been picking people up on the mildest of pretexts, and it seems clear that some arrests have been the result of parties to some business rivalry or neighbourhood feud shopping their enemies. Innocent people have been arrested, thousands of whom have been released, but not before being thoroughly terrorised and traumatised. And it is beyond much serious doubt that, right now, there are people locked in Bukele's dystopian supermax who did nothing wronger than get in the way. Conditions in the cells are deliberately brutal. At least 153 detainees have died in custody since Bukele unleashed El Salvador's police to go bad cop, bad cop. You unleash a crime wave and we take away the food in the prisons and we see how long your homeboys can last in there. It is all extremely grim, and President Bukele is, to be clear, kind of a jerk, like imagine the most annoying backwards baseball-hatted tech-bro hipster who has ever talked your ear off about Bitcoin being given an entire country to run. Bukele also exhibits unmistakably tyrannical tendencies, purging disagreeable judges, standing over journalists, and recently announcing his intention to seek re-election in February, even though El Salvador's constitution says he can't. The prohibitions against re-election only exist in the third world, coincidentally. And there is a basic and simple logic to it. People must have the right to reject or continue down the path they are on. If people feel things are going poorly, they must have the right, through elections, to reject that pathway and choose a new way forward. 
But if people feel that things are going well, they must also be able, in free elections, to ratify their desire to stay on the right track. But here is the thing which makes Bukele's dragnet vexingly difficult to argue with. It works. El Salvador's gangs are not what the fortunate citizens of orderly nations may think of as gangs, i.e. associations of petty criminals who, while tiresome, are mostly a threat to each other. El Salvador's gangs are better thought of as paramilitary armies, well-financed, heavily armed, hideously violent, utterly ruthless. Prior to Bukele's crackdown, El Salvador had the highest murder rate in the world. In the five years before Bukele was elected in 2019, at least 23,000 Salvadorians died violently. Actual wars have caused fewer per capita casualties. This year, El Salvador's police have acknowledged just 69 murders. All these terrorist gang members who are being transferred to the terrorism confinement center, currently 4,000 in number, are never going to return to the communities, to the boroughs, neighborhoods and cities of our beloved El Salvador. And the dramatic reduction of the murder rate is only the headline. El Salvador's gangsterism has been a dreadful, debilitating burden in so many respects. Now, in neighborhoods, even whole towns once effectively run by the gangs, long-beleaguered people have been liberated to go about their lives unconcerned by extortion, racketeering and the associated mayhem. If opinion polls are any guide, President Bukele may be the most beloved elected leader on earth, and not just in El Salvador. Demonstrations have been reported across Latin America of impatient people demanding that their governments follow Bukele's example. One poll in Ecuador found Bukele at least twice as popular as any local politician. Unsurprisingly, other Latin American politicians have noticed. Many, indeed, have started introducing Bukele-style baseball caps, aviator shades and bomber jackets into their own wardrobes, as they echo his promises to serve up the omelette of law and order, regardless of how many of the eggs of due process get cracked on the way. Even a soppy left-winger like President Xiomara Castro of Honduras has announced a Bukele-esque campaign of undiscriminating suppression of the gangs. The National Police must recover, in the shortest possible time, the public spaces violated and controlled by the organised crime and their gangs. To strengthen this strategy of immediate recovery of lawless territories, neighbourhoods, villages, municipalities and departments, I declare a national security emergency and command the national police. It is easy and indeed accurate to criticise Nayib Bukele as basically your standard issue Latin American despot with a more elegantly trimmed beard and a deft line in Twitter trolling. It is probably equally correct to predict that this will all go wrong, as messianic authoritarian crusades will, and that Salvadorians may yet have cause to ponder whether whether it is worse fearing rampaging criminals or their own government. But for the moment, at least, Bukele is presenting a stern challenge to Latin American liberalism. Any useful response will have to absorb that voters tend to prize results above ideas. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.